0: Well, hello there, everybody, as we are back with another edition of the Extra Rounds Podcast on Fan Sided MMA and Sports Illustrated MMA. And we're going to start the show in just a minute. But before we do that, this episode of the Extra Rounds Podcast is being brought to you by Teststrips.com. That's Teststrips with the Z, ladies and gentlemen.com. Managing diabetes is your business, making it affordable is theirs. You can sell your extra unused diabetes supplies for up to $50 per box and support a worthy cause that causes. The fight against diabetes. Why would you have extra diabetes supplies to sell? Maybe you've switched brands of testing supplies. Maybe the accumulation and overstock of supplies over time. Maybe the unfortunate news of a relative or a significant other passing away. Whatever that is, you could turn those extra unused supplies into cash. At Teststrips.com, they'll buy all major brands of glucose test strips and lancets, including AccuCheck, Bayer Freestyle, and One Touch. And they offer a simple to use, fully automated platform where individuals can submit sales orders and request prepaid shipping labels to ship your items. Once the package is received, they will send payment within 24 hours via Business Check or PayPal. How about that, ladies and gentlemen? They will then take those supplies, they will resell them online at significantly reduced prices, sometimes up to 80 to 90% off pharmacy prices. They do that because... They don't want these supplies to go to waste or expire and they want to create a more affordable market for those who are not covered by insurance. What a company this is. You can learn more by going to teststrips.com, teststripswiththez.com, with the or calling 855 strips with the z1. That's 855 strips1. teststrips.com Better Business Bureau accredited A-plus rating for over five years. They are affiliated with the American Diabetes Association. They support the Wounded Warrior Project. And they have partnered up with one of the biggest sports radio stations in the country, 98.5 The Sports Hub in Boston. Test strips with a Z.com. Sell your extra unused diabetes supplies for up to $50 per box and support a worthy cause and support a just a fantastic company. Now, let us start the show. Fan-sided MMA and Sports Illustrated MMA present the Extra Rounds podcast. Yes, exactly. Let's go get them. Huh? We're going to we shake things up. Now, here is your host, Mike Heck. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Extra Outs podcast on Sports Illustrated MMA and fan-sided MMA. My name is Mike Heck. I am your host, broadcasting from our studios here in beautiful... Berkshire County, Massachusetts. Thanks for listening. Wherever you're listening, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, anywhere you can find your favorite podcasts. And wherever you're listening, make sure you hit the old subscribe button. Get these shows immediately upon release. Now, MMA and MMA media is crazy. Guests are lined up. Guests are confirmed. And then all of a sudden things just change. Just like that. I know at one point, and Jacek was going to come on the show, and I promise you, and I have the emails to prove it, she was going to come on. Schedules changed. We couldn't make it happen. So I was told, sorry you couldn't get Ioanna. How about we get you Valentina Shevchenko instead? I said, absolutely. Let's make it happen. And that was the plan. Until yesterday afternoon at like 530 I get an email saying schedule has changed again. Sorry. But we'll get you next time. And that happens. I don't get upset. I just roll with the punches. But we do have a great show. Lots to discuss. Lots of MMA action last weekend, including the Tough 28 finale. And we're going to talk to one of the victors of the Tough 28 finale, Leah Letson. Is going to join us on the program for the very first time. And what a year it has been for Leah Letson going in and doing my research and, you know, reading and listening to different interviews she's done before, after that fight at Tough 28. She has been through quite a bit and she is a UFC fighter. She is now an undefeated UFC fighter. She got that elusive first victory and we're going to talk to her all about it, about Tough, about her year, about her debut victory at the Tough 28 finale We will talk to Leah Letson coming up in just a couple of minutes. Later on in the show, we're going to talk to her coach. How about that? The Barbarian, Zach Otto, is going to join us. The UFC announced earlier this week, Eric Koch is out of UFC Milwaukee. He was scheduled to take on UFC newcomer Dwight Grant. Of course, Dwight Grant earned a UFC contract with a nasty, vicious knockout during Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender Series. And now, Zach Otto is going to step in for Eric Koch in his hometown in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And that fight is going to happen in the UFC's welterweight division. So, it's been a minute since we've had the chance to talk to Zach Otto. I believe it's the first time Zach Otto has been on the relaunched Extra Ones podcast. I know that when I had my old show, he was on quite a bit, doing a lot of different things. Interviews, doing some fight breakdowns and analysis with us. He's a really sharp guy. And I'm very excited to have the Barbarian back on the show as he gets ready to take on Dwight Grant next Saturday. Less than two weeks from right now in Milwaukee as the UFC heads to Wisconsin. But coming up next, like we said, we'll talk to Leah Letson. We're going to take a quick 30-second break. 30 seconds only, ladies and gentlemen. And then we'll chat with Leah Letson coming up for a big win at the Tough 28 finale next on the Extra Rounds podcast. All right, welcome back to the show everybody. Joining us right now for the first time on the program coming off her UFC debut and her first victory inside the Octagon. She picked up a decision victory over Julia Stolyarenko on Friday night, the Tough 28 finale. She was a member of Team Whitaker during the tough season and she is joining us via the phone. Leah Letson is here. Leah, how are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing great. Well, congratulations on the victory. You are now an undefeated UFC fighter. You made your debut. You were victorious. How does that sound when you hear it? Has it sunk in yet?
1: It still hasn't fully sunk in yet. I'm still like processing the fact that I just had a UFC fight and that I won. It's pretty crazy.
0: It was quite the the road to get there. I mean, considering you had to go through the Ultimate Fighter experience, and I've had a lot of fighters on the show who have gone through it all, and it can be tough to be in that house, away from everything, away from most of the outside world, but at the same time, it's a path to get to the UFC. Is that how you looked at this opportunity? Like, this is going to suck for a while, but the payoff can really make it worth my while.
1: Definitely. Um, it did suck. Parts of it sucked. But being away from family and friends, that's not... Anything unfamiliar to me being in the military i 've done it for way longer than six weeks, so that that wasn 't too bad. Being away from my coaches and not having my normal training schedule before a fight that was a little weird. That was an adjustment that I had to get used to, and living with people that i 'm going to be potentially fighting that was also a really awkward and weird situation that you had to get used to so um yeah, I'm I'm glad I did it. I probably wouldn't want to do it again, kinda of like <laughs> basic training, where you're happy you did it. You grew from it as a person, but you wouldn't choose to do it again.
0: <laughs> yeah, and you just kinda of mentioned it. I know you've done some interviews talking about the, the training part of the show. You were on Team Whitaker and you had said the training wasn't up to the level you were accustomed to. Like, you know, not a lot of if, if any sparring, it was a lot of technique stuff. You you didn't really get the training one would expect it to go on that show. I mean, how surprising was that for you? Because while a lot of fighters talk to me about the experience. I get a lot of, man, being on the show is is a pain and it stinks, but I grew so much as as a fighter because I got to work with these world-class fighters, work with the world champion, be on his or her team. Like, how surprising and disappointing was that for you?
1: Um, It was actually really surprising. I expected it to be a lot more intense and a lot – I expected to learn a lot more. um, But, I mean, that being said, I got to grow as a person and as a fighter just because I had to do everything on my own. I had to train myself – I had to make sure I stayed up to date with my uh, strength and conditioning. I had people, I had Anderson holding pads for me in the backyard. So it just, it showed me how disciplined and dedicated I was, even when there wasn't a coach around to tell me what to do.
0: When you went into the the semifinal fight against Macy, who we all know went on to win the season. I mean, obviously you come from a great team. You had that foundation, but what were you feeling heading into that one? Did you feel like you weren't as prepared as you should have been because of how the setup was in that team?
1: Honestly, I was very nervous going into that fight just because I knew I wasn't getting the the training that I was used to. Um I did my best to make sure I was prepared for it, and I don't make any excuses, like I don't blame anyone else um for my loss or anything, but um I I remember feeling like very very not confident going into that fight and As you know, confidence plays a huge role in how well you do and how well you perform, and I definitely wasn't feeling confident going into that fight, and it it showed.
0: Do you remember the last time you felt that way heading into a fight or if you've ever felt that way heading into a fight?
1: The last time I felt that way heading into a fight was my pro debut, and I ended up losing. So anytime I feel that way before a fight, it's never a good sign.
0: (laughs) So that was your your first loss in quite a while, and, and being a fight away from fighting for the season title, did you take anything away from that fight as sort of a silver lining moving forward?
1: Um, just the fact that I was still able to do well on the show and I got to tell my story and I got more of a fan base being on the show and that I had a feeling that I was gonna get called to be on the finale anyway, um on the undercard. So I was really grateful that they actually did call me and allow me to to kinda redeem myself a little bit and get, get back on a winning streak. So um I mean, honestly, uh I think everything happens for a reason. If I would have won that fight, maybe I wasn't ready for the fight after that. So now I get some time to get ready um, for whoever the UFC wants me to fight next. So I try to look at the silver lining on pretty much everything that happens to me. and um, Yeah, I I believe everything happens for a reason. I obviously wasn't ready to, to win that fight, and so it is what it is
0: when the show wrapped you find out that you're fighting on the finale when you get home you get with your team you walk into the gym for the first time after the show did you feel this like huge weight lifted off of your shoulders as you were <laughs> training and preparing for that fight
1: oh yeah um, it was so nice to have my normal coaching staff and my normal training partners and everything back um, I, I felt such a sense of relief that I had finally I would made it through the show and that I got my normal team and normal coaches and normal training to pre- prepare for my UFC debut
0: what was that first UFC fight experience like for you? Like, Obviously, you went through the show, and you had to go through all that, but the common cliche in the UFC when making your debut is those those octagon jitters that everybody talks about. Did you feel those at the time before you made that walk, before that fight was getting closer and closer? Did you start to feel those jitters at all?
1: Honestly, I'm always super nervous before every fight. It doesn't matter how like small the show is or how big the show is. I feel an extreme amount of like nerves before every fight so it's kind of hard for me to tell if I had more nerves for this one versus any other one. My coaches said I was at my normal level of nervousness, so um, I don't know if the octagon jitters got to me. Um, I did feel a little bit more hesitant in there. Um, I was a little bit less risky. I I just want to make sure that I got the win, so I was a little bit more hesitant in there. So maybe I was a little bit more nervous for this one, but I'm always nervous before every fight.
0: I have a friend who's a a local amateur welterweight around here, and he talks about how nervous he is before he gets to fights. And he before he actually makes the walk, he's even talking to his coaches saying, like, no, I don't want to do this, I don't want to do this. But he says he gets to a point where he walks up the stairs and walks into the cage. For for some reason, this thing comes over him where he takes both of his hands and slaps the mat right when he gets into the cage, and that's when it all changes. The nerves go away, everything changes. They're a part of the fight for you regularly through your career where the nerves just go away and everything changes for you?
1: Yes, it's actually really funny. My coaches laugh about it. The first exchange, the first time I actually get punched in the face, it like I don't know why. (laughs) I don't know why it takes getting punched in the face, but that first punch I take, I'm like, okay, I can do this. I'm in a fight, and now like it's 100% focus. I'm not nervous anymore at all. I think it's just when I feel their power and I feel like okay, I can take that, so we're good. (laughs) It's it's always that first punch.
0: And that fight was a, was a lot of fun to watch. I mean, you ladies went after it. You did the damn thing from, from the beginning, throwing big shots. You were landing. She was landing. You seemed to have had an absolute blast in there. Is that accurate? Were you having as much fun being in there fighting as we all were watching it?
1: Oh, yeah. I, I always have fun fighting. I actually, um, I was a little bit more hesitant in there, and I wish I wouldn't have been because I, when I let loose and I have fun and I throw my spinning jumping kicks and stuff, <laughs> that is when I'm truly having the most fun in the entire world.
0: <laughs> What was what was more nerve-wracking for? You? I mean, you said you always get nervous before fights. What what was the nervous level like when you were waiting for that decision to be read? Like it was a fun fight. It was it was a very close fight. A lot of people in the Twitter sphere scored it for you, but they're not the ones that are ruling the outcome and and, and you know how judging in the sport can be. So what was that like waiting for the judges scorecards to be read off?
1: Um honestly, I was I was a little nervous, but I I had this gut feeling that I won so I wasn't actually too nervous about that I was just kind of relieved that the the fight was over and I I just had this feeling that I had won so um even for that split second that they told me it was a split decision I I just felt confident that I had won the fight
0: it has been quite a year for you Leah has it I mean you you being oh, man, in the military yeah. <laughs> being in the air force uh having a deployment going through tough getting into the UFC getting that elusive first UFC win Ten years from now, when someone is writing the Leah Letson story from your perspective and the chapter on 2018 comes around, how are you going to describe this year?
1: Um, crazy. It's been crazy. It's hard to explain the fact that, like, a year ago I was deployed or just getting back from deployment and how different my life is now. Um, it's It's been such a life-changing year. I don't even know how to explain it. It's hard to even for comprehend for me. Um, Just how different my life is this year compared to last year. And I'm so thankful that I put in so much hard work to get where I am today. There was a time when I first came back. I actually just posted about this. um, There was a time when I first came back from deployment that I I was struggling and I almost walked away from the sport completely. And I'm really glad that I forced myself to stick with it. And a few months after that, I ended up getting signed to the UFC, so it all paid off. And I'm just, I'm super grateful that I didn't give up on myself.
0: When you're going through all that, and, you know, I, I have no no idea how that feels, but when you're going through that and you're having that decision to make whether or not to walk away from the sport, did you turn to anybody? Did your team help you out with that decision? You know, what kind of conversations were you having behind the scenes?
1: Um, I actually turned to a couple of my best friends and a, a couple um my coaches and my teammates. Um, they all encouraged me um, to stick with it. It was mainly my my two best friends, though, that kind of talked me through everything, and they said, you're just feeling overwhelmed right now just because I came back and I was out of shape for MMA and I was rusty on my skills, and it's kind of overwhelming when you first get back trying to reintegrate back into civilian society because you're in a totally different world than you were just in, and it's a lot to take in. And um, luckily I had really good friends, really close friends that kind of talked me through it, and they encouraged me to stick with it. They say, just, just stick with it for a couple months and see how you feel in, like, two or three months. And I did, and obviously, after sticking with it for three months, um, I ended up getting signed to the UFC, so everything completely changed, and I was, I was back to being myself again. But it was a challenging few months for me.
0: That's amazing. So, like you said, now you're in the UFC. You have that win. 2019's coming up. When are you looking to get back in there? Do you have anybody in mind you'd like to continue having, having some fun with? I
1: want to get back in there whenever, whenever they give me a call. I'm getting back to training again next week, so I'll be ready for whenever they call me. Um, I was looking at maybe fighting Panny. Um, I'd be down for a rematch with Macy. Um, honestly, anyone that the UFC wants to throw at me, I'll fight.
0: As a, as a women's featherweight, it is a, a relatively new division. It's now starting to build up a little bit because of that season of tough. You know, Chris Cyborg's the champion. She's about to fight Amanda Nunes in a few weeks. Of course, a lot of people have considered this division the Chris Cyborg division. We've seen what has been happening in the UFC. We've seen the, the men's 125-pound division, all the reports, everything that's happening there. Is there a part of you that's hoping Chris Cyborg gets the job done on December 30th since the division is kind of where it is right now?
1: Yeah, I'd like her to stay champion, um, and I'd like her to stick around for a while so that I can get my chance against her maybe a year, year and a half from now. Um, I I really want that fight eventually. I've been, I've been dreaming about that day for a while now, so I hope that she wins, and I hope that she keeps the title so that a year, year and a half from now, when I'm ready, that I get to fight her.
0: I like it. Leah, congratulations <laughs> on the win. Great fight, great performance, great stuff all around. Before we wrap things up, let the folks know where to find and follow you on the web, social media. Any shout-outs you want to throw out there, all that good stuff, please take the floor.
1: Um, you can find me on social media, Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter, at LeonidasMMA. Um, I want to give a shout-out to my coaches, Jake Clip, Zach Otto, Nick Trost, Nick Balegas, and Ben Tomes. They've done a tremendous job getting me ready for this fight, and they've been with me since day one. So they, they mean everything to me. Um, I also want to thank my sponsors, Agent Nutrition and Dr. X Products. They have the best supplements out there, and I absolutely love all their products. Um, so thank you for sponsoring me. I just want to give one shout-out to my, my team at Pura They have done a tremendous job of getting me ready for this UFC flight.
0: You know, it works out beautifully because our next guest, who's going to be coming up in a couple of minutes, is Zach Otto. How about that? Oh, perfect. (laughs) (laughs) What a way to debut it. You get you and then your coach following you back to back. It's an amazing thing. Thanks again, Leah, and congrats on the win, and thanks for coming on and doing this.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: All right, there she is, Leah Letson, everybody, coming off her UFC debut victory at the Tough 28 finale. One of the new faces in the UFC women's 145-pound division. All right, we move ahead to our next guest, and we go from student to coach, now colleagues. Goes full circle. How about that? The UFC officially announced that Eric Koch is out of his fight at UFC Milwaukee with newcomer Dwight Grant, and Zach Otto will be stepping in to replace him in a hometown fight on December 15th, a little over a week away. We are happy to check in with the Barbarian himself, and he joins us on the phone. Zach, how are you, man?
2: Uh, doing great. Just got done with a last sparring practice. Uh, getting ready here, and like you said, a little over a week.
0: We just had Leah Letson on the show, and you know she got the big win on Friday night in Vegas. As a coach, how proud does that make you to see what she has done over this last year to to get to this point?
2: Oh, for sure, she's come overcome a lot of adversity uh, with deployment and um, uh, you know getting scheduled a fight in the UFC, and then that falling through, and then having to go on the Ultimate Fighter and all that. So, um, yeah, I think each step has been. For a reason and uh, prepared her for that moment to get that win on friday um, really really cool from a coaching standpoint because uh, she started with us from day one so we've seen her from her first day in the gym all the way through uh, amateur and professional to the ufc so it's been a pretty cool experience so far and we're expecting a lot more from her
0: coming in, in the future that's amazing and uh, i had asked her about the 145 pound division, and you know she's rooting for Chris Cyborg to win on December 30th. She said absolutely because that's a fight that she wants in a year and a year and a half. Is has, has Chris Cyborg been someone she's talked about as you've seen her progress? Because she said that's a dream fight. It's one she's wanted for a long time. Have you heard her name come out of Leah's mouth?
2: Oh yeah, for sure. Um, You know whoever the champ is, that's who you're always gunning for. And Cyborg is obviously been a legend of the sport and uh, been in that position for a while. So Leah's had her eyes on her for a while and. We're getting closer and closer to getting there.
0: Well, it's great to have you on, my friend. Let's talk about you a little bit. I mean, a lot to discuss here. Eric Koch, out of his fight, you are now in. How did this all come together to get you into this fight in your hometown on short notice like this?
2: Uh, Yeah, I had been one of the advocates for UFC coming to Milwaukee for a little while uh, with the new arena and everything we have going on. And uh, we have a lot of fighters out in Milwaukee, you know, but um, they just haven't been around for a little while, so... Sure enough, they go ahead and they make a card here at the new arena, but I wasn't put on it originally, which was kind of disappointing. But um, just looking at who was on the card, there was a welterweight fight and surprisingly saw Eric Koch in there, who previously was a 45er, then 55, keeps coming up, uh, has been you know, injury-prone for whatever reasons over the years. So I thought, you know what, if it's his first time up at 170, and he hasn't been fighting very consistently. I should probably be ready for this because uh, it's definitely something I would be ready to step in for. can't pass up the opportunity to fight right here in my, my hometown. So, um, you know, I was out on the mats getting my, my other guys uh, ready for their fights and, and training hard and paying attention to my weight just in case something happened. And uh, I, you know, obviously let my manager know um, that what my plan was. And we were thinking probably early 2019 how to get booked for a fight. But uh, I said, hey, if anything happens for Milwaukee, you you know, let me know immediately. I'm going to be ready. So uh, sure enough, he called me last week and said, well, you called it. Eric Koch is out and you're in. So here we go.
0: You know, regardless, would it even have mattered who the opponent was if you just got a call from Sean Shelby, so to speak? Like, I know your manager's going to get that call, but just say you got the call and they said, hey, Zach, UFC Milwaukee, would you just have said yes without even hearing the name? Wouldn't even have mattered?
2: Uh, pretty much. I mean, it's like uh, getting your UFC debut. You know, you, you just say yes before you even really know who it is. Kind of same situation here with this opportunity to fight Milwaukee. So, um, yeah, Dwight Grant, don't know a whole lot about him, but we're going to do
0: it. We saw you back in July. You took on Sage Northcott and it didn't go your way. You, you had a great first round; looked like you stung him early, but Sage was was able to come out with his hand raise in that fight. I know how excited you were to get that fight and that opportunity, and you've always been a positive guy from all of our past conversations. So, were you able to? What were you able to take away from that night, boys? Was there any kind of silver lining you were able to find there?
2: Uh, yeah, you know, any wins and losses, losses especially. Kind of, you want to go back and break everything down and figure out what went wrong and. I really felt like as long as I had energy during that fight, I was I was just fine. Um, and then, so you, you go back to figuring out what the, the energy problem was. And, you know, I had a really great uh, camp, uh, good weight cut and all that. Um, one thing not to make an excuse about, but what did happen was I had a staph infection the week of the fight. And uh, about six days out, I was bedridden with a fever. It felt like I got hit by a truck. So I was on that on that uh, borderline of calling the fight or not, but with who the opponent was and and that kind of opportunity, I didn't want to let that go and pass me by. Um, I, I had known about the fight for a long time. I put in a lot of time, a lot of money, a lot of energy into that fight camp. And I thought if I had 10 good minutes, I could get the job done, but apparently I only had about a good round in me. And, uh, as the second round started, I mean, just everything started to fail on me. And, uh, basically all heart the whole second round. I was hoping to just kinda of coast it out, maybe lose the round and then going into the third, gather myself on the stool and go out there for five five good more minutes, but um just couldn't do it. Uh Sage did a good job. A lot of strength, a lot of cardio, kept pushing the fight and was able to capitalize uh you know, with what he was given. So um I not too down about it. it, it is what it is. Um sucks but you know, you can't change the past. So we're just going to move forward and uh, get this next one.
0: Have you been sort of chomping at the bit to get back in the octagon since that day?
2: Uh, I had taken some damage a little bit and stuff, so I wasn't pushing it. Um, The earliest I wanted to come back was December. And so uh, this is all working out. Just so happened that Milwaukee was scheduled in December, and I said that would be the earliest I would come back. Otherwise, it would have been early 2019. So it's all playing out.
0: Yeah, it all worked out great for you. Uh, you know, taking a fight on short notice like this, obviously it's a it's a little bit different than getting a full camp and following those guidelines. But like you said, you've been kind of preparing yourself mentally, a little bit physically for the opportunity in case you got that phone call, which you did. So, what has the preparation been like? You know, for these last couple of weeks for you?
2: Uh, just you know, since last week, I found out about the fight. So, luckily, my weight was down in a good spot. I've been training consistently. We just kind of upped the frequency of the workouts, um, the intensity a little bit more to focus on my strength and conditioning and, uh, you know, obviously diet to make the weight and getting a little bit better shape. And then, uh, you know, just kind of get familiar a little bit with my opponent with a little bit of a tape I do have and, uh, just working on some tendencies.
0: What are some things that you've you've learned about Dwight along the way? Of course, he had that great performance on the Contender Series, earned a contract there. He's got that striker first mentality. All of his finishes have come via strikes. You know, you just fought Sage Northcott who has that striking first style. You're kind of viewing this fight in sort of short preparation in a similar light as the Sage fight.
2: Uh, they have quite different styles. Um, Sage as much uses uh, athleticism in and out, uh, that karate type style, explosiveness in and out. Um, and he was putting a lot of volume in my face. Uh, this guy kind of likes to hang back and, and more of a counter striker. So uh, powerful, winging punches, um, just kind of making sure I'm, I'm on top of, staying on top of everything at all times uh, during the fight. Uh, you know, I can't, I can't be laxed for a second. Um, he's definitely got some power. Uh, but besides that, you know, we haven't really seen much film on him. I don't think he's really been tested by any real legit opponents yet. Um, but he'll definitely be tested next week, so we'll see what this kid's all about.
0: Yeah, this will be his, uh, his Octagon debut, and that certainly means something that, you know, that first fight in the UFC for a lot of these a lot of great athletes you know, could be a little bit nerve-wracking. Some deal with the great, others need a, a little bit to loosen up. Leo told us a funny story about how she, got, she, she needs to get loose by getting punched in the face. That's what gets her going. She's always super nervous, but then she gets punched and everything changes. Is part of your plan just to get on him right away and not let him get comfortable in any way at all?
2: Um, I think just the mix of the disciplines, beat them in the transitions, keep them guessing the whole time, um, and just have that veteran mindset of uh, finding where we have the the biggest difference in skill set and and taking them there. So, um, you know, I'm not a specialist. I'm I'm well rounded, and I think I do the best job at figuring people out on the fly and figuring out uh, where I can where I can win and taking them there.
0: Hometown, Milwaukee. All the barbarians in the crowd cheering you on. This is a very special stuff for you. How does this all play? Are you preparing to to take that walk and just kind of look around and see what's happening here? Because this is a very special moment for you, being able to fight in your hometown like this.
2: Yeah, I have a lot of friends and family that are coming in from out of state, and and we got you know a lot of people around the gym and stuff are coming. So expecting a really big crowd um, for all of us, Milwaukee fighters, and uh, I hope hopefully we pack it out. You know, and the the UFC wants to keep coming back to Milwaukee because we're getting more and more fighters out of our gym in the UFC, and, uh, you know, I think we could line one whole side of a UFC card with just Milwaukee fighters. So hopefully it's a good showing, and I bet it will be, and then we can all uh, celebrate afterwards.
0: Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. The card looks great. Of course, great main events. The undercard's great. The main card's great. And I want to bring this up because all the times I've talked to you, I've always wanted to bring up the fact that, you are one of the founders of PRFC, that the fight promotion in your area. And I know there are fighters who do the same thing. Calvin Cater is a guy that comes to mind. And you've obviously learned a lot about the fight business in your career. And oftentimes, you know, some of these young and up and coming regional fighters, they have a hard time navigating their careers, knowing where to fight, how to find the right fights and matchups. And you, in a way, have this platform to help this next generation of athletes and put them on your shows to to compete in front of their friends and family. What has that been like for you learning the the business side of the sport and helping these fighters out?
2: Oh, tremendous. Um, you know, early on, I was kind of the guinea pig around the gym. We didn't have any connections to any Midwest promoters. Luckily, I was kind of a local ticket seller, so I could get put on some local cards, not knowing that that was why I was getting put on. I just thought it was because they thought I was a good fighter. Um, you know, there's a lot of a lot of politics and a lot of business that comes um, in the local scene. And then as you get, you know, to the UFC and stuff and navigating your way there, so Um, you know, I took some losses early on that maybe fights I didn't need to take, but we just didn't really know what to do. So, uh, kind of figured it all out. And now we're able to kind of pass that information down to our, our fighters so that they don't make the same mistakes and, and make sure that they're getting, uh, brought up the the right way. So, uh, very important, um, you know, whether you're, you're at a good gym or, uh, get involved with, uh, you know, some decent promoters. Um it's pretty important.
0: That's good stuff, man. You know, Have you taken any of the lessons you've learned being a UFC fighter and kind of taken some of those lear- learning lessons and passed them on to your promotion? I mean, obviously you're not going to do the things exactly the same as the UFC, different production, different ways of, of doing things. But have you learned some things, some, some tricks of the trade, so to speak, that you've been able to take on to your local promotion?
2: Yeah. Uh, I mean, the biggest thing is just the fact that we've fought, uh, Jake and myself, and then now we're promoting, which a lot of promoters haven't done in MMA um, is we really try to take care of the fighters first and foremost. Uh, You know, they're your number one salespeople out there selling tickets. And um, a lot of promoters, I think, really try to cut corners and and try to uh, put together some cheap fights and skim you out on hotel and gas money and all that good stuff. Uh, We really try to make the fighters feel as special as possible. Um, You know, getting a lot of fan and fighter interaction during events. And uh, all sorts of stuff to, uh, you know, signing posters and um, meeting our sponsors and uh, paying them a little bit better with, with certain things, like I mentioned. So, um, yeah, we've definitely kind of taken that from past experience and, and try to do our best to fix that up a little bit.
0: Well, that's great. Do you guys have uh, your next show booked yet? or?
2: Yeah, we do. Uh, our next show is going to be January 25th in Oshkosh, Wisconsin at the Menominee Nation Arena which is where the Bucks developmental team plays and uh it really awesome brand new venue uh we were just there and it was quite the show so we're going back there having some more uh local guys on the card but then of course there's always people from all over the state and all over the midwest um we usually put together a card that's about half a half and half half pro half amateur so uh Pretty high level fights that you'll see
0: around the local level. Cool. And w- if, if people in that area want to want to grab some tickets to that event coming up in January, how can they do that?
2: Uh, you can go online um, at our our Pure website, um, or also just if you go under the Monami Nation Arena, uh, they're all they also have them for sale on there as well.
0: All right. So if you're in that area, check that out and. Make sure you check out UFC Milwaukee next Saturday. Less than two weeks away, Zach Otto makes his return to the Octagon, taking on Dwight Grant in a welterweight bout on that card. Should be awesome. Excited to hear the pop. I hope they air it as you make your walk to the cage. It's really cool stuff. So before we get out of here, Zach, as always, let the folks know where to find and follow you on social media. Any shout-outs, sponsors, anything you want to say, go right ahead, man.
2: All right, thanks. Yeah, uh, You can follow me on social media, Facebook and Instagram, just under my name, Zach Otto, and then my Twitter handle, is at the Barbarian MMA. Um, Want to throw a shout-out to Quest Nutrition. Uh, they just sent me a whole bunch of uh, great supplements and also uh, Combat Corner, where I get all my gear. Uh, a lot of us around the gym as well. So all the best gear at Combat Corner. Uh, just got some new shins from them, so shout-out to them as well.
0: All right, Zach, all the best to you next Saturday. Looking forward to see you return back to the cage, man. All right. Thanks a lot. All right, good thanks, talking man. to you, Mike. As always, thanks. All right, there he is, the barbarian himself, Zach Otto, joining us on the Extra Rounds podcast. That's an interesting matchup. Dwight Grant is one of those guys, aka trained, very good striker, very explosive, and Zach Otto has, you know, a, a, just a a very polished style, and he could do it all. And that's an interesting matchup. So, all the best to Zach Otto, and thanks to him for coming on the show. Big thank you to Leah Letson for coming on the show. Is we put a bow on another episode of the Extra Odds Podcast. Thank you all for downloading, subscribing to the show, leaving those five-star ratings. We appreciate that very much. And a big shout-out to our sponsor, TestStrips.com. TestStrips with a Z.com. Managing diabetes is your business. Making it affordable is theirs. You can turn your extra unused diabetes supplies into cashola, $50 per box, up to 50 bucks per box, and get all the information, teststripsofthezee.com. I'm seeing all the reviews. They're an amazing company, and you can help out a worthy cause, the fight. Against diabetes. That's it, everybody. We'll see you next week. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at Mike underscore Jr. And follow the Extra Rounds podcast on Twitter at Extra Rounds. I will let you know what we got coming up next week. All right, enjoy the fights, everybody. We'll see you.